0: Just a couple of minutes tonight from Romans 15 about this gospel. And this is where Paul comes back to it. Now, I'd entitled this Back to the Gospel. Somebody saw this this week and they said, Did he ever leave the gospel? And I said, You know, you have a point. Paul never left the gospel in the book of Romans. I mean, it's all about the good news of Jesus Christ. In the very beginning, though, he talks about how the gospel had not only gripped him, but the gospel had gripped the Romans. The gospel had been well they've been responsible for transforming lives that's what he had opened this letter about and then he he fleshed out the gospel for us i mean he is very systematic in the way he lays out his letter paul was very he, he was using a method no doubt to present the good news of christ and also to talk about how it influences our lives how we live it out in practice how we offer ourselves as living sacrifices But now he comes to begin to draw this letter to an end and listen to what he says to this church, to those who are there in Rome. He says, now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God. That I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus and the things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. In mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and roundabout to Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And so I've made it my aim to preach the gospel. Not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another's man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not announced, they shall see. And those who have not heard shall understand. What Paul says basically to these people is, I want you To grow, He says in those first few verses I read, verses 14 through 16, he says basically, I want you to continue to grow. Notice he says, you are full of goodness. Now that may surprise some of us when we think about it. I mean, that the church, that we as people could be full of goodness. But if you look at what Paul has said in the book of Romans, we recognize that it's not our own self-sufficiency. It's not our own good works that he's talking about. The reason we can experience goodness in our lives is because Jesus Christ, his righteousness, has been imputed to us. That's what Paul said in the book of Romans. In other words, the goodness of Christ Jesus now has been imputed to who we are. When we stand before God, it is through the blood and the work of Christ Jesus. He says, I understand that you have put on this goodness. I know that you have knowledge. I know that you can admonish one another. He says, I know those things. But notice in verse 15, he says, but I have written to you more boldly on some points, reminding you. Verse 16, he said, that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God. He says, so that the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. He said, one of the reasons that I wrote to you is that you could continue to grow, that you could continue to experience sanctification in your life. I'm constantly reminded that the church is a living organism. The church is not just a building. The church is not just a static being. The church is a living organism because Christ Jesus has brought life to us. And if we are living, that means we should be growing, right? If we are a church that's encountered the life of Christ, then that means each day we should be growing in Him. And I think that's what Paul says. Paul says, I want you to grow. I want you to come to maturity in Him. And this is what Paul says. Paul says, I want you to grow so much that I'm going to be there for you. That's what I've done through this letter, basically, is what he said. Is I have partnered with you so that you could grow in your faith. Aren't you proud that there have been people along your journey that partnered with you so that you could grow in Christ? Certainly, it could have been pastors or ministers. It could have been Sunday school teachers. It could have been your parents. It could have been your friends that you sat in Sunday school with. But people who just partnered with you. People who said, I want to come alongside of you. I want to see you grow. I want to grow. I want to join you in this journey. That's what Paul basically says here. Is that I'm willing to partner with you to help you grow as a church. And we know that Paul, he had a great love for these churches. That's the reason we have the letters that we do. Each letter, I think, that he writes to a local church, he is writing with a hope that they will continue to grow in Christ. He says, I want you to grow. The primary vehicle of growth, the gospel. The gospel. You want people to grow? You want to grow? Allow the gospel to impact you. Now, that may seem so simple. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, the gospel, basically, in a nutshell, the life and work of Jesus Christ, his coming to earth, his living a perfect life, his dying a perfect substitutionary death, his power demonstrated through the resurrection. I mean, just in a nutshell, the gospel, the good news of God in Jesus Christ, you may say, How does that impact us? I mean, certainly salvation. Most of you in this place, you've probably been saved and you say, I know that I've been saved through that and know how it's impacted me. The gospel does not just impact us for salvation. It impacts us as we continue to grow in Him, in our sanctification. You never grow past the gospel. The gospel always informs us. For example, you husbands, you want to grow as a husband i'm all for seminars i'm all for classes that teach us to be better fathers. i'm all for those things but if we just come back and understand the gospel itself it would help us as fathers and husbands don't believe me look at what paul said to the ephesians how did he how did he speak to husbands he said to husbands love your wives as christ loved the church You see the practical impact of that? That's the gospel. He just says, you play out the gospel in your own life. You love your wives as Christ loved. Just as Christ gave himself up, so should you as a husband give yourself up. I'm just saying the gospel, it should speak to us every day in everything that we do. It should impact us. So Paul, first of all, says, "I I want you to grow and I don't want to be corny here, but I love I love what he says about just allowing the glory to be demonstrated in Christ Jesus. I think what he says is, I want him, I want him to glow. So what does he say? I want you to grow, and I want him to glow. L- listen to this. Therefore I have reason to glory in Christ, Jesus and the things which pertain to God, for I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word or deed to make the Gentiles obedient in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God. He says that what I want is for Christ Jesus, for Him to shine, for Him to glow, for Him to make the difference. The church, listen, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to be built on more than just personalities. It needs to be built upon more than just pastors and ministers and deacons and Sunday school teachers. The church itself needs to be built upon Jesus Christ. If we are glorifying somebody, it should be Christ. That should be our aim in everything we do. Are we glorifying Christ in our worship services, in our Bible studies, in our daily walk? It is not about the personality it is about Christ. This is what Paul said to the Corinthians when he spoke to them about how so many of them had divided out into different camps. They were following different people's teaching. And, and, and Paul just looks at them and he's he just amazed that they had become so divided when they should have been unified in the person of Christ every day. Every day, we should be asking ourselves, Are we glorifying Christ more than we're glorifying self or glorifying anybody else? We should want Him to glow. And then finally, I think, which goes along with what we've said tonight, Paul says, I want to go. This is Him personally now. He says, I want you as a church to grow, I want God, I want Him to glow but when it comes down to it too, I want to go. I mean, that's really what he says. And so I've made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. What does Paul say? Paul says, I want to be going and preaching the gospel at every opportunity I can. He'll talk about coming to Rome. He has a plan to visit Rome. You'll see it in the next few verses. Then he'll say, not only do I want to go to Rome, but I want to go to Spain. Now, This was a difficult journey for Paul. He didn't have all of the benefits that we do today. He didn't have all of the luxuries of travel that we do today. But he said, I want to go. I want to go. And I want to name the name of Christ. Especially in those areas that have not been reached with the good news of Jesus. As I said this afternoon, we had our meeting and overwhelmed to think of the lostness that is in our world, lostness. in the one area that we partner in, in South Asia, I think this afternoon they gave us the statistics that roughly 250,000 people die daily, 250,000. If we believe what we say, and I think we have to really confront ourselves to really see if we believe what we say, then many of them, many of them are spending an eternity in hell itself because they've not even heard the gospel of Christ. Our hearts should be that people would know the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. We should do whatever it takes to take the gospel to those areas. I am so thankful that somebody came to Ruston. I'm so thankful for those early believers who came to North Mississippi and preached the gospel. For those missionaries. So that today I can know hope and forgiveness. I can know life. And my friends, that is the life we should be taking to others as we share Christ. I say to you that we should have great dreams, a great vision, just as Paul had. Paul said, I want to go. I want to go to Rome. I want to go to Spain. I want to go everywhere that I can to share the gospel. That should be our vision. I said a moment ago, our vision should be that we would be known for our sending capacity more than our seeding capacity. Listen, I believe that vision is greater than memories any day. I believe that the dreams that God gives us in our hearts can be more compelling than even the memories that we have. Now listen, I love memories. Sometimes we get home and Leslie said, hey, I think you shared a little bit too much about your memories. I love thinking about the past. I love thinking about my family growing up and, Look, a few weeks ago when we celebrated the 90th, I mean, God just stirred my heart with a heritage that he has given us as a people. He stirred my heart as far as his faithfulness to us. And I've been here only a short three years, but I've already got some great memories. So many of you have been here much longer than that. You've got memories that those are are things to be cherished and celebrated. But listen to me. God's vision for us is greater than our memories. I believe God has greater things on the horizon for who we are as a people. For who he wants us to be. As we grow in him. As we magnify his name. As we take his gospel. And that we are known as the people who are willing at any moment to share the good news of Christ in any place at any time. That vision, to me, the future that God has for us, is more compelling than any memory that I have, and I pray that that dream and that vision that God puts in your heart in your life, would continue to compel you, motivate you to see His kingdom come. I pray. I hope that you would join us in praying daily to see. That vision accomplished through Temple Baptist Church, through our spiritual family, as we seek him. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for just this significant moment that you've given us. To reflect, yes, on what you have done. But Lord, also to be challenged of what you will continue to do. God, I pray here tonight that we would hear the words of Paul. And Father, that one, we would commit ourselves to personal spiritual growth in our own lives. Allow your spirit to continue to work upon us until we are fully conformed to the image of your son. We pray it tonight. God, we pray that we would lift your name high. That we would put the son, your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, in that priority place of our lives, not only personally, but as a church. Father, we believe tonight that as he is lifted up, you will draw all men unto him. Father, I pray that you would continue to challenge us to be spokesmen for your good news and Lord for those who have never heard your son's name Father give us the grace give us the empowerment not only as the temple family but as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ around this nation and beyond give us all the resources give us lord the compelling love and spirit to go and to share your good news lord we love you tonight we praise you and in this moment of invitation and commitment we pray that you would work among us in jesus name